Um, we're actually in an extremely exciting stage as we move forward as a church because the faces that I see in front of me now are not the faces that I saw when we first took over. But the, the amazing thing about it is that there are, there are people who are coming to this church constantly. There are people who are walking through these doors constantly. And so God is faithful. God is good. And where he's leading us as a church, I believe, is, is into a very special place at this point in time. That's my son. I apologize. <laughs> but a very special place where we are going. And what we're actually doing is we're coming to a, a, the thir- fourth quarter of our year. And we're focusing this quarter on mission. And so mission is very important to the church. Mission is extremely vital. Because if we understand mission, we understand foundational truths about who we are. If we understand mission, we understand the why behind the what that we do. If we understand mission, we understand the significance of the stage that we are in in our journey. And if we can understand the purpose in our mission, what we start to do is we can start to create a focus that helps align our decision making and help us to have conviction about the things that we do. And so the great thing about what's happened is we've gone, and this has taken two years to get here, but we've gone from this place of it's like carrying a shotgun to a shooting range. I don't know if you understand a shotgun, but a shotgun is more about you shoot and uh, you try to get quite close and you try and hit a close target because shotgun will shoot and it'll spray bullets out. Whereas it's like taking a shotgun to a, a sniper range. If you don't understand your mission, what will happen is you'll stand back and you'll shoot your shotgun. Sorry to all the pacifists in the house, um, people who don't like violence. Um, if you shoot a shotgun, you just kind of shoot and hope. But when you have a mission, it's like taking a sniper rifle. You could be targeted. You could be accurate. You can understand. You can actually scope up on what you're wanting to do. And you can, that's not a gun. <laughs> you can fire and shoot, fire, hit the target with extreme accuracy. Yeah, so without a mission, the church is good intended but ineffective. With a mission, the church has direction, clarity of identity clarity of identity, and a plumb line by which decisions are made. And so in, in saying all this, I'm, I'm extremely excited to say that as a church, we now have a mission, a mission statement. I know it might seem little to you, but this is huge for me. I've been sweating on this for two years. We now have a mission, a direction, uh, a statement by which we can align our decisions, the things that we do. And so... It's with great, you've probably seen it when you walked in, it's with great honor I get to bring out this thing that Dave made. So Dave said he might not be eloquent, but look at his, his hands are extremely eloquent. We now have, you can clap if you want, we now have, sorry to those who can't see the TV anymore. Um, we now have a mission statement. And this is, this took a long time to drop, but it's dropped. And so this is, what Freedom City stands for. So if you want to be a part of it, get behind this. So we are a church. We intend, our mission is to connect people to God, teaching and empowering them to reach their communities with the love of God. Or you can say this in a more kind of cool way. You can say, to connect, teach, empower, reach. What? That's kind of cool. I actually switched around. I actually switched around ones just so we could do that. Uh, but to connect, teach, empower, reach. To connect people to God, 
teaching and empowering them to reach their communities with the love of God. You know, the thing about this, what I love about this is that there's, we have a what, why, a who, and a how all in this statement. So if you want to pull it up just here, oh, it's there as well. If you want to pull the, the next slide up, then the next slide. So the what, the what that we do is we connect people to God. We connect with people, we connect people to God, we connect them to church, to other people. Then the what we do is we teach them about God. We teach them about the Word of God. We teach them about the ways of Jesus. Then what we do is we empower. You jump into Acts later on in the Bible. You're empowered by the Spirit. Do not leave this place until you are clothed with power from on high. We connect, we teach, and we empower people. That's the purpose of this church. Then what we do, why? Why do we do that? Why? It's to reach people. It is, thank you, it's to reach people. Because if we're connecting, teaching, and empowering people, and we all just sit here, that is a waste of time. So what it, the purpose of it is to get outside of these four walls and to reach people. The who, who are we reaching? People, and who else? Their communities. Because the thing about it is, a lot of people might not live in Hilton. You might not actually live in this community, but you have a community that you live in. You have a community that you are a part of, maybe a basketball, maybe work, but that is one of your communities that you're a part of. Therefore, you are to help. We come together for the collective mission, the collective community that's here, but you, we spread, we scatter during the week and go to our communities then. You know, don't put your hand up, but put a rhetorical hand up. Um, when was the last time you spoke to your neighbours? Oh, that's convicting to me. <laughs> the last time we spoke to our neighbours, Megs had fallen asleep um, by Charlie's bed and <laughs> Meg's mum was trying to get in. And so we had to go next door to try and climb the fence, like get a ladder to climb the fence because she was fast asleep next to Charlie's bed. It's just like, are we speaking to our neighbours? Do we, do we know our community? Because the thing is, we don't want to make it all about Hilton. Even though we love Hilton, we will impact and reach Hilton as a church. But when you're taught and empowered by the Holy Spirit, you will reach your community with the love of God. How? The love of God. To connect, teach, empower, reach. And what this then means is that any decisions that we make, any choices that we decide, any things that we implement have a plumb line. They align with this whole thing of, is it connecting people to God? Is it teaching them about Jesus? Is it empowering them through the Holy Spirit? And is it reaching communities with the love of God? And so I, this, this is exciting for me because I was sweating on this for two years. When we took over, I was just praying, God, who are we? What is our identity? And I remember um, chatting to my mate, Caleb Stent. You, you probably know old mate, Caleb Stent. If you don't, he's an amazing guy. He comes to this church, and we're going out for coffee when we first took over, and, and he, he, he asked me, he said, how are you doing, man? And I just said, yeah, I'm a little bit confused. You know, I was 26 at the time. We took over a church that had a very strong uh, vision to it, a very strong mission, and we, f we felt God said, it's time to change. It's time to shift something. So we were co I was confused. Then he said to me, well, can I just encourage you? I saw a picture in my head, like uh, I saw it in my head, and it's a picture of this. Um, who knows the Millennium Falcon? Who here's a Star Wars buff? 
Uh, it's the good guys, isn't it? The good guys. All right, Star Wars, he saw this Lego Millennium Falcon. And what happened? Yeah, Jason's a buff. Like, it's okay, just listen to the story. Um, what happened was this, this Lego Millennium Falcon shattered and flew up into the air into separate pieces. And then what he said, what will happen is each piece will drop when it's time. When it's time. And it will fall into place. It's a journey, it's not a sprint. It is a journey. We are on a journey together. Much like um, my dad just said before, we're family. You're stuck with your family. Sometimes you, you don't like it. Like you, your parents are talking to each other and you don't even know about it, that sort of stuff. It's like, like, what's going on? What are you saying about me? But your family, your family is stuck together and you're on a journey. And the great thing about that is this journey goes for a long time. And, but things will drop into place. If things are up in the air, this is not in my message, but if things are up in the air for you right now, it's not making sense, wait. Patience is a, is a fruit of the Spirit. Patience comes from God. Just continue waiting, waiting. It will drop into place. So this statement is part of our journey. So that's going to be up the front there. Dave made this. He made the info bar. We're going to make him build us a building. You know, all these different things. But... I want you to memorize this by the end of today as well. That's a joke. You don't have to memorize it. Even Megs doesn't fully remember it yet, but that's okay. Um, do you? Yeah, she knows it. Okay. Taking shots. Um, so we're gonna, that's what we're going to be who we are. That's who we are for the, the, to the end of time. So if you, if you want to stay, stay. If you want to go, you can go. Please don't go. We love you. But... Um, the great thing about this message is, this statement is that we didn't just make this up. This wasn't something we just picked different from different places. This actually finds root in probably the greatest mission statement of all time. It's found in a, a book called Matthew, and it's found in a chapter, call, uh, chapter called uh, the chapter 28, and it's called The Great Commission. I'm just going to read it to you. It's, it's on the screen there, but it says in, in the Great Commission that meanwhile the eleven disciples heard the wonderful news from the women and left for Galilee to, to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. This is just after Jesus had died and risen from the grave. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him, but still had some lingering doubts. Then Jesus came close to them and said, All authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of the age. This commission, which is an instruction, a command, or a role that you fill, was given to Jesus' disciples before he just ascended to heaven. It carries major significance, this thing, this commission here. Can you all see it? Am I in the way at all? If I'm in the way, sorry. But the disciples were commissioned. They had instructions. They had roles to fill. So do we. Because when we are in Jesus, we are commissioned as well. We are given a role to play. We're given instructions to follow. You know, the great thing about this is we're actually going to be unpacking this, what it actually means to be commissioned over the next three weeks. We're going to be going into a, a series called Commissioned, which makes sense. 
But we're going to unpack this whole idea of what it means to actually take what is happening here outside. Take what is happening in this moment. That worship that we had before, I think it's because the lights were off. But man, that was amazing. It's not what Molly led very well. But it's like, it's amazing. But what we need to do is we need to be taking that love, that power, that what's happening here to our communities, reaching those people. So we're going to go unpack that over the next three weeks. But the thing about Jesus, while he was on earth, while he had disciples following him, he acted as a teacher. He gave them an example to follow. He mentored and discipled them. He was preparing them for the very moment when he left. And the, Because the thing about this, and I don't know if you fully understand this or you've thought about this before, but as soon as Jesus went, he wasn't here. But what he did was he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. So what he did was Jesus, the physical um, manifestation of God in human form, Jesus left, but the Holy Spirit came, which is the comforter, the guider. He lived, the Holy Spirit lives in our heart. So what that then means is that Jesus isn't here, so we're the A-team. Do you realize that you're actually God's plan A for this world? Do you realize that you're not the second option? You're not the reserve team. You're not the fallback plan. But you're actually God's plan A. That means that you, me, everybody sitting in this room right now, if we believe in God, in Jesus, that we are, we are on the front line. That when we testify to who God is, when we share that love with people, that we are, we are at the front. We are the A team. We're the plan A. Let that sink in. That God's, Jesus will come back one day. It talks about that in the Bible. But until that point, you are Jesus with skin on. You are the manifestation of God. I don't know how that makes you feel. That's kind of confronting for me. Because I know, I know who I am. I know my faults. I know that sometimes I struggle to share my faith. Sometimes it's a struggle because people will say, oh, are you a, are you a Christian? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor. What, what's that? Oh, it's fettuccine. And it's like this, 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 just to kind of break the silence up. It's this, it, sometimes it's hard to share your faith. But if you're not sharing your faith, the, plan, the team, B team's not going to be there to back you up. And that's not a threat, that's not a condemnation, but that's an encouragement and an exhortation that we have this, this power, we have this mission that we can be laser-focused with to share the love of God with people, to connect people to God, to teach them about God, to empower them through the Holy Spirit and to reach people with the love of God. So this is found in... Jesus' own story, we've pretty much, we pretty much took that, the Matthew 28 and just got a theosaurus out, or thesaurus rather, not theosaurus rex. You know, we, we pretty much just got a thesaurus out and shifted it up a little bit and made it rhyme. But it's, um, the thing about this is, if you see one of the first lines uh, in here, it says that all authority in heaven and on earth has uh, been given to me. Now, what does he say? Go. I just you go in my head, but now go. 
He didn't say, now sit, now stay. That's a Sunday. We can do that. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, pretty well later on when you're not in here, this is only an hour long. Well, 75 sometimes, but it's like, depends who's doing the hosting. But it's um, the thing about it is, um, one of the first things he tells us is to go. It's to go in my name, my authority. Go in my authority. And if you're writing anything down, you've got a notepad or anything, this is something to write down. Coming to Jesus should result in you going to others. If that's the only thing that you remember from today, apart from that, it's coming to Jesus should result in you going to others. You should, it should compel you. And like Dave was saying before, if it doesn't compel you, just dig deeper. Not two weeks ago, I spoke about your roots, putting your roots deep. The further the roots go down in a plant, the stronger it is. The further your roots go down in, in Christ, in God, the stronger you will be, the more faith-filled you will be, the more able you will feel to share your faith with others. So coming to Jesus should result in you going to others. So the, our only responsibility lies, and this is a dirty word for some people, but our only responsibility lies in our obedience. In our obedience to God. Because he has said, go. Have you heard the saying before, let go and let God? It's kind of cool. But let go and let God. God will go with you. He says, go with my authority. So, in this passage, Matthew 28, it speaks about make disciples, baptize them, teach them, remember all that I have taught you. There is distinct missional direction. These things are central to who Jesus was, what he did, and what he has now instructed us to do. And it boils down to how seriously we take this commission. There's no backup plan. There's no plan B, like I said before. But will you respond? And what we're going to do, what we're really going to be rolling out as a church, you know, um, from this is, this is, we're not just sharing you with your statement saying, sweet, that's it. We've actually got things lined up. We've actually got things that we're going to be doing, uh, particularly in the church. We can really do things that teach and empower people. But together, we can really work on connecting and reaching people. You know, if you're not connected, we've got connect groups. If you're not connected, we have dinner parties. If you're not connected, we can, we can go for lunch after church. We can text, grab a coffee. You know, it's connection is central to the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was relational. Even though he spent a lot of time in synagogues as well, um, he also spent a lot of time on the road. He spent a lot of time walking around, a lot of time going to people's house for dinner, a lot of time uh, walking past people climbing up trees, saying, get down from that tree. You know, safety first. You know, it's Jesus. Jesus was not always found in a synagogue or a church. He was found everywhere. And so that's who we want to follow. That's what, how we want to respond. Because Sunday, yes, this is a, an, this is a part of the Great Commission. This is a, a thing that we can do. We can teach people about God. We can empower them. We can baptize, disciple, all those things. But not everyone's going to come to a church. The ch- uh, the, a lot of people are actually wary of churches nowadays. And that, it is what it is. So what we have to do is we have to take this and go out. If we operated the way Jesus operated, 
we'll be spending more time with people. More time with people. I said it, I was saying it to Megs the other day. Um, there's a verse in Timothy that says that the manifestation, so the manifestation of Jesus Christ is that death was abolished, life was brought, and immortality was brought to our souls. So my question now that I'm asking myself, but I'm asking other people is, is what you're doing bringing life to yourself as what you're doing bringing life to others? Is there life there? And if there isn't, just look at it again. Say, maybe what can I shift, what can I change? Because when Jesus comes into our heart, life comes. So why not share that with someone else? Why not share that with someone else? And the cool thing is it takes the whole focus off the Sunday service, carrying our faith. <laughs> you know, uh, one thing that really um, came up in the, the early church, the Catholic church, was that um, a lot of the priests were the only ones who could read the Bible because it was in Latin. So no one else could read the Bible. So there was a dependence on the priest to share the Latin with everyone. <laughs> at our, one of our last Connect groups, Tammy was there and... It was her first time at, at Connect Group, and so everyone got their Bible out, and I've got a Greek Bible. So I decided to say, hey, Tammy, here's, here's a Bible. I want to open up to John. And so even I don't know what it said, but Tammy was a little bit lost. But that's the, kind of, that's the feeling there. It's like when you, when you don't fully understand, there's, there's this uh, precedence. There's this not precedence. There's this dependence on someone who understands to share it with you. But the Holy Spirit has taken that divide away. The Holy Spirit being in our hearts is taking that divide away, taking us from being dependent on me. You should never be dependent on me. You should never be dependent on someone to, to share a language with you that has been shown to you through the Holy Spirit. So, and I'm not saying Latin, but I'm saying the life. Faith. I'm not necessary to your faith. I might help it, you might help my faith, but it's God who makes it grow. So there's no longer that dependence on us. There's no longer that um, weight on the Sunday service carrying what should be carried by us and the Holy Spirit. But today's service is a part of it, but so is a dinner party. We had a, an amazing dinner party the other night. We played Boulder Dash with some, some people, and I learned new ways to play Boulder Dash. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, one of my favorite things to do with people is to actually grab coffee because I love good coffee. I actually have a philosophy about coffee shops that is probably one of the most powerful places in the world. People break up there. They make up there. They talk about the deep things of life there. They catch up with old friends there. It's a public place. You don't invite an old friend or a date that you found online to your house. You invite them to a coffee shop. There's something powerful about actually catching up with someone in a coffee shop or in a place. There's life there. Someone might not want to come to church, but they might want to go with you to a coffee shop. You are connecting and reaching people. Someone might not be comfortable coming to a church, and this happened to me the other day, but they met up with me in a coffee shop and they asked me to pray for them, to work, work with them through a situation. So I empowered them. I taught them about what the Word said about it. You might not have, it might not all be able to be done here, but it will be able to be done in a wide variety of places. Because we're told to go. Go to your local coffee shop. Go to your work. Go 
just go. Go and share with people the love of God. Your role is to bring the love of God that we talk about on Sunday to your community, to your space. And the difference between vision and mission, because often we get so caught up in, in who we will be one day, that's important to give us focus and to give us somewhere to work towards. But if we don't focus on what's in front of us, we don't focus on the people that are in front of us. If I love who we are as a church, honest truth. Megs and I have reflected on this. I just love who we are because I know everyone. I know every person, whether it's this much or that much, or I'm married to them. You know, it's like I know everybody in this church. I think that's so important. That's so important. But as we grow, maybe one day we'll be a lot larger. Maybe we won't. But that's not the point. We're not to focus there. We're, we're supposed to have kind of like a lazy eye, one eye there, one eye here. <laughs> it's trying to focus on, on both at the same time. Because if we forget about the mission of reaching people now, we're going to lose people along the way. So it's about keeping one eye here, one eye there. That the tension, an eschatological tension there, the end of the church, that is basically this tension between one day Jesus will come back, but he's not here yet. So what do we do? There's this tension that we fight with of, of shifting to this place of being, but Jesus will be back, it will be all right. But actually he's not back, so we need to actually do something now. Sometimes we have problems that we solve, but a lot of times they're just tensions that we have to manage. We have to manage that tension between what's going to happen in the future and what's happening now. Learning to be more present with your child and turn your phone off. <laughs> Learning to look at someone when they're chatting to you. Learning to embrace the moment and, and have more fun. Learning to invite people along the way because the commission of Jesus Christ is relational. I love what my dad said just before when he said that we're family. It truly is family, but family grows and expands. Family expands whether it be through a child or whether it be someone coming in, being adopted into the family. You know, we will see new people. We will see people come to Christ, which is exciting. But we are the people that bring that glue. We are the people that knit people in. We are the people that graft them in with Christ. So the cool thing about it as we wrap up is that it's called a commission. And we have different understandings of commission but just to play on words, if you put a little hyphen in between co and mission, is that remember I'm with you to the end of the days. The mission, you're never doing it by yourself, but you're doing it with Christ. You're doing it with God who's leading you all the way. Can I just get you to close your eyes? I don't know where you are in life with your, your faith. I don't know where you are in regards to this message here. But what I want to do is I want to pray for those who, who want to be encouraged. Who want to know that connection with Christ. Who want to know that actually that I, you are with me until the end of the age. That I have your authority, Jesus, flowing through my veins. I don't have to foster something up, but I just have to stay close and not give up. So if you're struggling or you've never come to Christ before and you, you want to just have that Someone won't have me pray for you just to be encouraged. Can I just get you to chuck your hand in the air?
Now a different question. If you want to be part of this mission that Jesus has given us, part of Freedom City Church, but part of just this world in general, and you want to be part of what we're doing, what's going on, and just kind of a, a, a signal to yourself that, yes, I am, I am part of expanding the family of God. I'm part of making this world a better place. Can I just get you to chuck your hand in the air? In Jesus' name, we just lift up every single person here and every single person that's not here who wants to be part of this mission, who knows that we are called to go out into this world and to change this world, that we are called to bring life where there is darkness. We are called to bring the love of God to our communities. So in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would fill up every single person here with the knowledge and the power that they are not alone, but they are called, they are commissioned. That there is a special anointing that comes with the commission that says that we are filled with power to bring power and to see things changed. So in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you that you went before us and gave an example, but thank you that you have not left us alone. Holy Spirit, you're with us. We take this seriously. We dedicate ourselves to this. In the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, just say, Amen. To connect people to God, teaching and empowering them to reach the communities with the love of God. Connect, teach, empower, reach. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be rolling out some things in the near future. But I'm so excited about everything that God is doing in this church, but everything that God's doing in our lives individually as well, because God is good.